Yes, I'm Bulubanaka, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Talanon Talk. And with me today, I have a very special guest, the Honourable William Ngawaka, who is a uh, member of parliament in Fiji, but also the Sadalpa party leader. And uh, just, I would, just before we begin, I do want to acknowledge the traditional custodians on the land on which I come to you from today. I am here in Melbourne, Australia, and I come to you from the Boon people who are the custodians on the land, and I pay my respects to their elders past, present, and emerging. Buluwanaka, um, Mr. Ngawaka, how are you, sir? Uh, thanks, uh, Diane. Um, I became party leader about a year ago today. Mm. And um, as you know, my, um, my appointments uh, coincided with the departure of our former leader, uh, Mr. Rambuka. And um, it has been uh, quite a, a, a challenging 12 months uh, with, the, um, with, with, with the way people um, aligning their allegiances. Um, but I, I see that as um, stabilizing over the next couple of weeks or months. I believe that by the early part of uh, 2022, uh, Sadalpa um, will be on very solid grounds. We will know uh, who is with us and who has moved. And I, I look forward to that so that we can move forward with, with confidence. Mm -hmm. Part of the challenges right now are the people who are sitting on the fence, um, trying to make up their mind which way to go. Um, we are doing everything we can to convince them to, uh, to stay because we are policy driven. Uh, we don't want personality politics. We want a policy driven party. And uh, based on uh, the last sitting of parliament, I believe we're, we're getting through to people now. Um, but I, I, guess, I guess it'll take the early part of next year for, for me to feel very com confident with the stability of the, of the platform. So over the last 18 months, it's, uh, or, or two years now, um, it's been a hard time for all. Um, and it's great to see that the country is now over 90% fully vaccinated. Uh, international borders opened up uh, on the 1st of December, only a few, uh, this week, only a few days ago. Um, and videos of people arriving, uh, people back at work has been touching, but it's also a great boost for the economy, but also people's morale. Um, how would you describe the feeling of people on the ground over the conversations you've had over the last 18 months? Oh, it has indeed been very tough, uh, Dylan. Um, Actually, from the beginning, uh, we were wondering how, how we were going to survive this, you know, when everything kind of um, the whole of the whole country just closed up. And of course, uh, you know, it's a small global community now. We know what is happening in other parts of the world. So, mm. three months ago, um, we were really not sure whether we were going to make it. And then, you know, similar to to uh, what you face in Australia. But let me let me just uh, at this point, uh, Dallin, I always say this. We're very grateful to you, our people living overseas. The remittances you sent home kept us alive during, the, the, during this period. I said in parliaments that since the, um, the beginning of the pandemic, 
Our overseas people have remitted more, much, much more than a billion dollars to Fiji to keep us alive. I mean, hotels just totally emptied out. I mean, tourism went down by almost 97, 98%. And you can imagine tourism being a $2 billion industry that it just kind of um, dried up. Huh? Mm. So you guys, I salute you. And I say this all the time, thank you. You kept us alive during those very difficult times, so the remittances. Huh? Um, but um, we are very um, pleased that 90% of the population are vaccinated and the tourists started arriving uh, two days ago. Yeah, the first, the first plane loads, uh, a number of plane loads from Australia arrived a few days ago. And the, the Americans also arrived yesterday. So there's just this uh, sense of joy in the country um, that uh, tourism is opening up again. Eh? Yeah. How do you feel so, so about the new Omicron variant? I know you did state that you did want the government to be cautious about reopening. Um, and, you know, we've, we're seeing here that cases are now uh, almost in every country within Europe, started in Europe, now South Africa. I know Australia just says 13 or so. Um, how do you feel about, uh, do you still feel the same from about four days ago when you asked for, for caution? Yeah, this new variant, um, when, it hit the, when it hit the news, was very, very concerning. Eh? Um, but I think after all of that, um, there, there's more clarity on, um, on what it is, you know, the, um, the severity of, the, uh, of these uh, variants. And I, um, that, that has somewhat uh, given us uh, the confidence that we, we, can, we can live with this thing. Yeah? I think that is, that is fundamentally what we need to accept as a people, that it will not go away. We need to live with it. Yeah? Mm -hmm. I was just expecting, I was very concerned that it would be, it would be as bad as Delta and that overwhelms our, our health system. Yeah? At the height of Delta, you know, CWM hospital, all the hospitals in Fiji were really, really um, in dire straits. We could not cope. And I, and I, was, and I was just fearful that it could, we could go back to that with this one here. But I, um, I, I believe we, uh, we have managed to, um, to have a, you know, to build a structure that managed to um, cope with, uh, with Delta. Mm. Um, well, my initial concern was with, uh, with this one, that it, that it is currently more con contagious than, uh, than Delta. I, I believe we can also live with it. Eh? Mm. Uh, but you know, I had, you know, we have to continue to be very vigilant, eh? very, very vigilant. Eh? Correct, correct. Um, so moving to, to Delta in, in, in 2022, um, I would just like to focus the next few minutes on three of your policy priorities that Sadalpa has, has put forward for the election, um, the first being healthcare. Um, so the party will seek to introduce universal healthcare coverage, which uh, is a great initiative. Um, two advantages are it will lower overall healthcare costs where the government can control the prices yes. uh, through negotiation and regulation. And it can act also act as a guide um, for the population towards healthier choices, which means better healthcare, uh, better investment in healthcare, healthcare infrastructure and public education, um, which can push the population towards healthier choices and lifestyles. However, um, a disadvantage is that costs may overwhelm government budgets. And we're aware that Fiji is currently 
um, currently has mass debt and is, is will continue to go that way for some time. Um, and healthcare costs usually tend to make up a big portion of government budgets. How do you see Sedelpa and yourself dealing with this with this issue? Uh, Dalen, it's um, it, it's a matter of uh, political will. Mm. We always knew that we would do this, but the conditions then um, were not that severe and you are able to delay these things. With, uh, with COVID-19, we now know that you cannot, um, you cannot dilly-dally on this. You, you, you now have the platform where you can introduce some very radical and very far-reaching uh, initiatives to, uh, for, for your health, um, the health system. Eh? Mm. So I, um, I'm quite confident that uh, we, we, can, we can do this. And um, I, I'm, I'm, people have gone through COVID and health is right now very paramount in the, in the mindset of the people of uh, Fiji. And when you, and you know with tourism, you now will visit a country whose health systems you are comfortable with. So we need, we need to project ourselves as a country with a, with a world-class health system. Eh? Mm. So we, we are, it'll cost, uh, it'll take a huge um, slice of the budget, but it's, it's you, you cannot, you cannot must be done. evade it. You have to, mm. yeah. So the, uh, the second being um, economic recovery. Um, so the, the party will um, also seek for a $5 minimum wage. Um, now, there are two things to note. The, the amount of labor hired in the market decreases. So the number of unskilled workers um, employed decreases. And those who have jobs will earn a higher wage. Uh, but there will be some now individuals that will no longer be able to, uh, will no longer have jobs, which means employment, has to, uh, employment will decrease. Um, the second being at the government imposed wage, there are more, the, uh, more people who want to work but who are unable to find jobs um, because businesses just uh, aren't hiring enough. Um, how will Sudaba address this issue and can that $5 minimum wage actually be achieved? Okay, um, Dallin, um, for a country that has the kind of poverty that you have in Fiji, yeah? mm -hmm. you know, there, there was these DS reports um, that led to the sacking of the CEO of the Bureau of Stats. Um, the, you, you cannot, you can no longer um, take the arguments, take, uh, accept the argument on the on the side of the of the of the um, of the business people eh? mm. who, who are always against any increases in uh, in wage rates. Eh? Yep. Um, Two dollars sixty-seven or sixty-eight is the current yes. uh, sixty-eight is the current uh, minimum wage, mm. and. Uh, we want to increase that to five dollars. I don't believe that it will break break the bank, Dallin. I, I, I'm a I was a businessman. I was an executive of uh, you know corporations, mm -hmm. and and I, I can see that um, uh, being um, being absorbed by businesses. Like I said, without without uh, impacting on the profitability of the company of the of the uh, stability of the company. Um, what we have, uh, Dalian, is that 
The economy in Fiji has been booming according to the Fiji First government, but mostly on public spending. Right. We, 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 uh, we have a very uh, private sector focus to grow the economy through the private sector. One of, one of the challenges on the, um, that one is the, um, is the ease of doing business. Eh? It's very difficult. It's very difficult to conduct business in Fiji because of these regulations that are created by ministries that, 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 are, that are very, you know, very narrow, narrow uh, base. Eh? We will, we will release all that. We will do away with, with um, the regulations. Uh, I highlighted a number of um, issues in parliament in my, you know, over the last week on what, what, I put, what, what I personally went through. But that is not an isolated case. Um, and the focus darling, will be on the um, resource-based uh, industries. You know, we have $5 billion worth of mahogany in this country, stock. Mm. $5 billion of mahogany. And all we are doing is exporting them as sawn timber. I have said many times that we can value add these things in Fiji and Fiji becomes a, a major producer of mahogany finished products. You know, the, the downstreaming of, of, of this thing. You know, you, there's $5 billion worth of stock here. You know, we're not doing anything about it. Um, uh, other parts of forestry, likewise uh, pine, and um, there's the fisheries. We now have a stock of beach demur that'll be worth a couple of hundreds of millions of dollars because it has been banned for the last four years. Again, you don't just harvest it and send it to China. You harvest it and you value add it in Fiji. Um, you know, and, and, and you export it as a finished products. Uh, the minerals are also very promising. There are quite a number of opportunities in here. There will also be, um, um, <clears throat> the focus will be on, on, on that one also. So, you know, um, we are quite resource rich in Fiji. It's just that we are not doing uh, the needful in terms of value adding in, in the, when you, when you, when you develop uh, this industry. Yeah? So, so, so that is, that is uh, those are some of the, some of the, um, the focus that we will we will take yeah, with, with these uh, with these industries. Yeah. Of course, tourism uh, is coming back, um, and I'm a tourism person, and I'll mm -hmm. continue to into the marketing of Fiji and make it easy for um, for operators to operate. Yeah. So it's um, it is the focus, uh, Dylan, to to make the economy grow. And there are a number of, there are lots of licenses in Fiji. You know, women in the village would go and um, dive for what, you know, freshwater mussels and all that stuff. And they would need licenses to, to sell them by the roadside, you know, or to go even mm -hmm. go and dive. Yes. We'll do it with all that. And there are too many impediments to, to business in Fiji, um, darling. But mm -hmm. we will free up all that um, to, to keep it on the, injects uh, a new new uh, life to the economy. And the, I think that was also a case of concern um, throughout the pandemic where vendors in uh, Nasinu, Nakasi, Nosori, Suva were also told to uh, to pack up and, and, uh, and pack up their, their stores from side roads because they didn't have any um, they didn't have any licenses. So that's definitely something that you'll get rid of um, should you be elected. 
Absolutely, darling. You know, when, when people want to do business, we will make it easy for them. Mm-hmm. You know, the last thing you want to have are people, inspectors, inspecting every store and demanding for all these licenses and whatnot, uh, creating that element of, uh, what's the word, of, of anxiety with, with our business people. Huh? If somebody wants to sell, they will be given all the encouragement to do that. Huh? And, you know, the more transactions you have, the more you collect in terms of tax. You know, the, I mean, you know, um, this VAT thing um, helps the country in a big way, you know, with, with every transaction, you, 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 um, you, earn, you earn tax. Eh? Mm. So I think that our GDP, the GDP is about $11 billion. We believe that it can improve quite significantly under ISO developer governments. Eh? Do you see cover being a big, um, big aspect of that moving forward? I know Australia has just um come around to commercially importing of yangon or cover into australia after it's been banned and, and listed as a drug for well over 15 years now do you think that's uh fiji's next big export yes indeed uh darlene you know um in particular with the uh with, with the native population how they eat okay yeah um this is a traditional crop for us we plant it uh, and, and it's now uh, very, very, uh, you know, attractive in terms of um, as a commercial uh, product. Huh? Mm. Yeah, that is big. A lot of people are planting. Uh, additionally, um, darling, there's also now the cassava association. Um, people are now um, planting cassava and processing it as a cassava flower, which is... Um, preferable to some instead of, you know, as opposed to the, uh, to the other kind of flower. Mm. So th- that is also happening. There's, uh, there's some huge uh, opportunities in there. Currently, um, Australia is importing from Puerto Rico for some kind of type of cassava that go into chips. Mm. Um, Fiji will grow that. And um, the, the export value is in the tune of about $38 million a month. I mean, that'll, that'll be bigger than sugar, you know, uh, mm-hmm. when that is, when that is uh, uh, parading. You know? And, you know, it's a t- traditional thing. And just about every village uh, knows how to, how to plant cassava. Yeah? So these are the opportuni- opportunities that are there where we will lend support and give them the incentive um, to, to produce for exports. Mm-hmm. Yeah? So, and um, the moving to the last uh, priority of, of SEDAP, or, or one of the, the biggest priorities, is uh, free tertiary education. Um, one of the priorities would be to remove the tertiary education loan scheme, or TELS, and uh, implement a debt forgiveness scheme to cancel yes. loans for, for thousands of Fijians who have graduated with a contract. Um, as great yeah. as the initiative, I guess it goes back to that earlier question of debt, is that someone will have to pay for this. Um, can this be achieved within the first two to three years of a, of a Sadopa government? Yeah, Dallin, um, free tertiary is fundamental to the way forward for Sadopa. If we do this well, imagine what Fiji is going to be like in 20 years' time, mm. as opposed to not doing it. In the past, we, we did our sums. 
And my people told me that it'll, it'll cost about a billion dollars for the whole education budget. Comfortable with a billion dollars for education every year, to include uh, free tertiary. In parliaments, the Minister of, of um, Education indicated in response to what I, responding to what I said, she said, you know, we are already spending $700 million on education. Pre-tertiary will cost another $200 million. So all up, she says, it'll be $900 million. So my 1 billion and 900 million are just about there, you know? And uh, I am very pleased with that because I have the political will to do it. And I, I know where to cut, um, but I, I, I believe this is the way forward for the country. <clears throat> As you know, Dylan, in the past, we used to have this uh, Fijian Affairs Scholarship, and we got branded for being racist. And that contributed to the coup in 2006. The Tangarasa government was a racist government. So I'm saying, let's, let's, let's not do anything on race lines. Let's open it up for, open it up for everyone else. Um, we can afford it. Uh, and the, um, and the, uh, you know, the results for Fiji uh, as a country will be far reaching than anything we, we, we've ever done, Dylan. One of our problems, Dylan, is that <clears throat> We have a lot of um, development programs. You know, we want to develop agriculture, fisheries, and all that, but we are not executing well. Execution is a huge problem in Fiji, and we believe, with the level of education, with people being educated to tertiary level and technical colleges, we will execute better, and the money we spend on on, on developments will be will lead to real development as opposed to things that are done. Um, Half, 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 you know, five, eight kind of jobs that that they you know, continue to revisit over and over again. So I, I was an employer, um, and I know that one of my biggest challenges in hotels was execution. Eh? So we this way, <coughs> the highly educated people will execute better for the country. Mm-hmm. Now on tells, <coughs> excuse me, tells um, is about six hundred. $600 million today, yeah? Those who have taken the loans owe the government a debt of $600 million. I want that to stop, Dylan. <clears throat> stop right there. Because if you let it go, it'll run into billions. And when, when do you pay it off? You know, in America, I don't know about Australia, but in America, student loans now stand in, in trillions of dollars. And cannot be paid, but causing a lot of grief. I want it to stop right here. $600 million, stop it right here. Go to free tertiary, and we'll find a way to pay off the $600 million. My, my people are working on it. And we have, we have another, a number of options on how to pay off the $600 million, but it has to stop. You cannot join the workforce on, your, on day one and, and have about a $30,000 debts, you know, on his soldiers, you know, mm. some are even $100,000. So to me, Dallas has to go. And uh, Dylan, if you, if you qualify, through, qualify from, from university, uh, from technical college, through this scheme, we will not hold you back from going overseas. Today, if you owe money to the government, you are stopped at the airport. You can go. That will not happen yeah. with us because... We are training you to be productive and 
when you go overseas, you are helping the country, uh, as as um, as I've indicated earlier. Because no one who goes, no, no Fiji who goes forget Fiji, you know. Mm. Yeah, with, uh, with so what? With, sorry, go on, sir. I I I brought this up in Parliament uh, uh, last week, and there's a lot of, um, a lot of interest in it. People who who are shooting it down and those who support it, but I think that dialogue uh, will be will be healthy, and we will not change our position. That this will be for Sodelpa uh, a fundamental to to our um, way forward into the campaign and uh, for the country. Yeah? So, um, just before we 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 come into the the final uh, 10, ten minutes or so. Um, I would just like to ask what Sedalpa's position will be with West Papua. Obviously, with the ongoing human human rights violations happening in in West Papua, um, Australia and uh, many parts of the region and world, for that fact, have been quiet on this issue. Um, and Fiji has been something of a standing by, standing aside while it engages in. Um, contracts with with the Indonesian military um, and, and deals, and I just want to know uh, what is Sedalpa's position on West Papua, and if you are voted in um, as government, which I hope you you are, will you support um, West Papua to to enter the MSG um, under full membership? Uh, Sedalpa has always been supportive of West Papua. I've met with the representatives from there, mm. and um, we, we were touched by what they shared with us. Um, you know, they, it's unbelievable what's, uh, what, what, what they are facing. Yeah? Uh, we've indicated to them, and it's known in Fiji and throughout the Pacific, that Sodalpa stand with West Papua, and we want them to be part of the Melanesian community in the Pacific. <clears throat> So on that one, Stalin, we're very clear that uh, West Papua um, need uh, some <coughs> some form of uh, self-governance um, so that they don't go through what they are going through today. Yeah, yeah I, I think it's very important. I only, um, only a few days ago, it was the 60th anniversary of, of the rising of the flag. Um, so, and I think Fiji's position on it um, should be uh, should be actually leading this movement, um, especially <laughs> to the UN, um, to allow them to, to to bring back the vote and allow um, for the UN to oversee what's happening um, in in West Papua. So, I do hope um, that uh, you and your party are able to, to carry through with that. Uh, so, just as we we conclude, um, I do need to ask about the uh, current leadership and uh, turmoil currently in, in battling Sedalpa. Um, from an outside perspective, um, and one that's actually now playing out in public and has for some time now, uh, the party is divided and you've referenced uh, factions within, within the party. There are in, individuals within the party that have consistently gone against positions um, and party directives. Um, and there are you know, ongoing calls now for you to be removed along with, uh, the, with General Secretary. Um, now, the now former deputy party leader has also just re recently resigned. 
um, and indicated he will uh, will move to Rumbuka's Alliance Party. So I guess the question is, how can members and the public, um, those locally and overseas, believe or trust a Sadelpa government? Yeah, uh, Dalian, that is very true. I get hammered with that almost every day, and I and I and I got it again last week from the from the government and Bani Maram and all those guys saying, no, "Look around you, look at." They, they, you know, they highlighted a number of these issues with us. <clears throat> but let's always remember, Dylan, that Sodelpa is fundamentally SDL. Huh? And we brought in the SVT under umbrella. We brought in KEMV. We brought in PDP. And we brought in Fiji One huh? in, uh, in Wasserongo. Huh? Now, and then when you include SDL, you're talking about five ideologies. Eh? And, and that is very difficult to manage and to reconcile. Eh? I mean, people should salute SDL, Sadapa, for allowing these people to come into, the, into our tents. Eh? But unfortunately, the turmoil within the party is not, is not from the SDL people. It is from these elements who, who invited and you know into, into the tents. Eh? Um, that is why I said from the outset that stability will come. Um, and, and I know it'll be in the early part of next year. The turmoil um, is there. Um, and you know, Rambuka. Rambuka is a highly you know, known person in Fiji. When he left, you know, he, he took people with him huh? and they mm -hmm. continued to go. Huh? And they continued to go. Uh, and uh, the latest was um, my deputy uh, leader. Um, and, and I think there'll be one or two more, but the core of the support, the SDL people are determined to hold things together we know that our roots, our roots are deeply embedded in the community. And that um, once the, the field is clear, we will prevail. That, that, I, uh, that, that is, that is the, um, the confidence we have in our party, Dylan. Mm -hmm. um, and, and you know, I, I, what, what we hear and the traction we get on the ground, our awareness team of visiting um, villages, settlements on, on, a, on a weekly basis. They're already out there doing that. And, and what they hear from the ground is very different from, from what's, um, what is publicly um, aired by the media and by um, those few. Huh? Alan? So going back to those SDL days, um, it has been a consistent accusation that the party favoured Fiji's Indigenous people, the Itauke. Uh, with uh, with narrow racist policies, 2014 was the same. The perception was still there, um, and that was only heightened when Rumbuka came back in 2018 or 2017 for the last election. Um, it was not dealt with successfully by, by the SDL government, so um, that's why I believe the it, it ultimately lost its popular um, legitimacy. What do you have to say to those perceptions, and and can we finally uh, see this change? Thank you, Dylan. Dylan, one of the most, um, something that I really feared 
is to be branded as a racist. Eh? I know, I, I knew Ngarase very well. He was not a racist. Correct. He, yeah. was, he was a banker. He understood, he understood that everyone needs to be together. Um, and, you know, he, he was an economist and all that. But he, he saw that the 1987 coup, the 2000 coup, and that, and that sense of discontent, discontent with the Itoke was due to the situation in the economy. And he believed, and I believe that, also, believe that also, that unless you attend to this, Fiji will never be stable, will never be peaceful or prosperous. It'll always be, it'll always be threatened. And I, I, I've often said this in parliament, it's like uh, the, the elephant in the room is the lack of participation of the, of the Itoke in the economy. And that is what Garasay tried to do. He put together a 20-year um, plan, his vision, a 50-50 vision, mm. that would have um, some uh, equality in, in, the, in, the, in the economy for, for, for the Itoke and other races. Eh? But unfortunately, he was overthrown. And, and like I say, once you're branded as a racist, it's very hard to wriggle out of it. So I'm very careful of that. And no one can call me a racist when I, when I come up with, with the policies like health for everyone, mm. the, the minimum wage, that's for everyone. Tertiary education, that's for everyone. Uh, tells, that's for everyone. So while I, I subscribe to the belief that we need to continue to upgrade the economic well-being of the Itoke, I'm also uh, known in the community as one who is very inclusive uh, and with the policies that, uh, that, are, that, um, that are welcome by, by, and that would affect everyone in the country. So it, it's a balancing act, um, but personally for me, people know that I'm not a racist. Mm -hmm. People know that I, am, I was a tourism person, more like a global, global citizen, you know? Um, and I, you know, I attended school in Nautikondavolevu, and then I went to Dubu High School, and then I went to Xavier College. So, so I'm, I'm, I'm very comfortable working in the banks and worked in businesses. People know that I'm inclusive. I'm not racist. So I, I believe that perception um, with me uh, as a leader is, is, is now going away. Yeah? It's going away, yeah. Um, so and just moving to, to the last few questions, uh... Voter registration and turnout is, is, is an issue in Fiji. Um, what is your message to those that sit on the fence and those that are skeptical about Sadelpa and uh, those who believe it's just not worth voting because it's the same people all the time? Yes, that is true, darling. Um, I, part of our messaging in a big way is to go and register. You may know that uh, in 2018, about 171,000 people did not vote. Registered, but did not vote. You know, for a small country like Fiji, that's, that's way too, that's much too high. Yeah? Uh, indeed, if 10% of those people had voted and he knew that most of them were Sajalpa people, there could have been a new government. Mm -hmm. You know that the difference between Fiji and the opposition, opposition parties was only 147 votes. Eh? So um, it is in our interest to get everyone to vote. 
Um, because those, those who don't always vote are our people, we know that. So we, 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 are, we are going all out. Our awareness team are going all out telling people, go and register, please. And we will keep them abreast of the developments in the voting um, when, when it comes to the election. One of the weaknesses, Dallin, is in the pre-polls. Eh? Three weeks before the election, about 30 or 35% of the people are voting out in the remote areas. Eh? This is a big day for everyone else, but the pre-polling is where the weaknesses are. And you wanna manage, manage this properly so that um, people know when the voting, the, the day of the voting, most people would be out cutting, harvesting cane on the day of voting in the village, but they're harvesting from another, another part of the country. So we will, we will manage that. We'll do a better job of that. We'll use, we'll communicate uh, to ensure that the, the maximum number of people votes on, on the, uh, in, the, in the elections. Huh? Uh, yeah, it, it is it's certainly a, uh, an area where we are, we are really focused, uh, Dallin. So would you bring back mandatory voting? I, I would, I would, because, um, <clears throat> you know, um, for a democracy, eh, the, the election is so crucial. Eh? And what is it? It's, it's only once every four years, mm. but more truth, when you go in the, in the privacy of a voting booth and you decide how you want to be governor of the next four years. I, I would I would do it. Um, I, I would do it, Alan. Um, and, and then I uh, impress upon people the importance of participating so that they decide on how they are governed. Yes. Yeah, I, th I think it is. I mean, I, I, I agree. I, I think mandatory voting should be brought back um, because uh, what it what it does do is, as you said, it, it, it makes people have to go out and actually vote in their government. Whereas if um, because of the current system, um, it deters people simply because some people may not want to get off the couch. Some people just don't yeah. like who is, who is running. Um, but for the, current, for the current government, for them, that works to their advantage. If, if people don't turn up, well, they only need to focus on their core base. Um, so, yeah, I, yes. it's something I think you should bring back. So I, I, mandatory voting is something that I'm for. And I think everyone should be participating in, in um, the electoral process. Absolutely. Absolutely, Dallin. Yeah.